Um, of course, uh, this week we're doing the portion of Vayetze, and the main player in this week's parsha is Yaakov. Um, Yaakov goes down to Choron, uh, to Lovon. A lot of beautiful lessons we learn from the parsha. One of the uh, nice things we see is that, um, notwithstanding the fact that Yaakov is away from his home, he's away from Israel. He's living with a uncle who's deceiving him, who cheats him all along from the beginning to the end. Uh, not only does he has to work seven years for his wife, but he doesn't even give it to him at the end, gives him another one. And then in order for him to get his real wife that he worked for, he says, you're going to work for me for another seven years. And, you know, so... But it, it shows that despite all the hardships and all the difficulties, he was actually able to build a family and the Jewish people, the 12 tribes, in that environment. In that, It's incredible to see that a lot of times we look at our uh, difficulties as if uh, they will deter us or distract us, take us away from the goal. But over here, it actually was the channel, the vehicle for Yaakov to gain all this. Today I wanted to but discuss a little bit more, you know, some uh, a verse of the prophets um, which talks about Yaakov and uh, see if we can it's a little bit a compli- complex sicha talk of the Rebbe, but you know, I'll try to take out a few points. Um, which I find interesting is because it's a verse that we always say when we take out the Torah, we always say, Ki mitzion teitzei Torah udvar Hashem Yerushalayim. It's interesting. So this is actually a verse which is in Yeshayahu in chapter 2. So over there, just to read to you and the um, point, what's the connection is because it calls the Beit Hamikdash, he calls it Yaakov, the house of the God of Yaakov, <clears throat> Beit Eloke Yaakov. So in the in the verse it says, uh, which is unfortunately used a lot by the Goyim too, they use this verse in Yeshayahu, they use this all the time, but it says over there that it will be in the end of the days, talking about when Mashiach comes, it says it will be prepared, the mountain that has the house, that houses the house of Hashem will be at the head of the mountains. V'nisa migvois, it will be raised from all other hills. V'naru elov kol So all the nations will be going to the house of Hashem. All the nations. And here's the verse Gimel, it says, V'holchu amim rabim. So many nations will go, V'omru, and they will say, let us go and let us go up to the mountain of God, El Beis Eloke Yaakov, to the house of the God of Yaakov. Now, specifically singles out, not before the verse says just Beis Elokim, 
uh, or it says base Hashem. But here it says base Elokai Yaakov. Why Yaakov? And uh, but what if the verse continues? V'yorenu midrachov. Let him teach us from his ways. And we'll follow in his path. From Tzion, the Torah will come out and the word of Hashem will come to Yerushalayim. It's a um, words of prophecy over here, which will happen. And, and the Gemara actually makes note, and the Gemara says that um, it says specifically base Elokei Yaakov because um, a house permanence represents Yaakov because in this week's Parsha when Yaakov fell asleep and he had his dream so he said Ein zeh ki'im beis elokim this is the house of God, the place where he states that this is the house of God. We find references both by Avram Avinu, we find references by Yitzchak, we find, and we find by Yaakov to the Beit HaMikdash. But by Avram, he calls it Behar Hashem, he called it the mountain of God. And by Yitzchak it says, he calls it a field. He went to pray in the field. That also represents uh, the Beis Hamikdash. But by Yaakov, he calls it a house. When he went to pray Yitzchak in the field, that is a reference to the Beis Hamikdash as well. And that's why he called it Base Kale, the house of God, because it was a house of God. Now, uh, the difference between a mountain, a field, and a house is it shows on permanence. Because the Base Hamikdash, the third eternal Base Hamikdash, is a permanent house. Of Hashem. That's why it's called Base Eloke Yaakov, the house of Yaakov. It shows on the permanence of the house of Yaakov. Now, why three? So, in essence, Avram Yitzchak Yaakov can represent the first, second, and third Beit Hamikdash. Avraham represents the first Beit Hamikdash. Yitzchak represents the second Beis Hamikdash, mm-hmm. and Yaakov represents the third Beis Hamikdash. Why is Abraham and Yitzchak representing the first and the second Beis Hamikdash, which is not permanent? Why are they showing not not permanent? And Yaakov is bias is permanence. But it also, you can see that. Yeah, do you want to say yeah, something? No, I was just going to say probably because of the 12 tribes that came from. Yeah, that would be. So, very good. So, you see, you see that uh, Avraham also has a Yishmoel come from him. 
Yitzchak has an Esav come from him. But Yaakov permanence has only 12 tribes, which are all, it's called Mitosi Shlema, his bed is complete, which means everybody who came from Yaakov was whole, or Sadiqim. When we study about what does Avraham represent, and what does Yitzchak represent, we can understand that uh, Abraham represents kindness. Uh, a level of kindness, if kindness is given uh, without any limitations, it can sometimes be abused and sometimes misused. Very simply, if we know if a parent who gives endlessly to the children, or if a teacher will give just only chesed, only giving, and doesn't put any stops, no discipline, then there can be negative. You can sometimes use, uh, if a person would give constantly, sometimes that money can be used to do negative things. Sometimes money can be used for the wrong things as well. So chesed alone isn't necessarily right if there is no uh, limitation. That's why actually it says in Hasidus, it says, we say, Baruch Atah Hashem, Mogain Avraham, the protection of Avraham, because Avraham requires protection, because if it's only chesed, you know, like the thing is, it's like having a gas pedal without any brakes, so you just keep on going, you can't stop. I mean, that's not good either. On the other hand, also, too restrictive uh, to have only gavura only limitation, only judgment, only uh, without going beyond that, that also is no good because uh, then you can get an Asa from it. It can be also a level of Asa. Yaakov is considered the middle ground in between the two extremes of Abraham and Yitzchak which is the balance, the balance of chesed and givura. He had enough kindness, and he had enough limitations, and therefore his children were basically perfect, in the sense that he took the kindness of Avraham, he took the stringency of Yitzchak, and therefore he was able to have all of his children in the level that they were. The first base of Migdosh represents the level of Avraham, the level of giving. Uh, during the time of the first base of Migdosh, it was a time of of service, sort of saying, a service out of love of Hashem, which means that people were able to visually enjoy and see great miracles how uh, the fire came down from the heaven it stood on the base of Mikdosh the candle and the menorah was lit constantly there were all kinds of miracles people were on a level of great love to Hashem it represents a level of good feeling people served Hashem 
out of great enjoyment, out of great pleasure, out of great realization, out of a level of knowledge, you can say. It was an enjoyable, it was a great enjoyable time. You see, basically our service to God can be divided into two levels. Either a level of understanding and enjoyment, or a level of subjugation, a level of Kabbalah's oil. We accept the yoke, Kabbalah's oil means we accept the yoke of heaven. Mostly when we talk about the difference between the time of the Beis Amikdash, all Beis Amikdash, not distinguishing between the first and the second Beis Amikdash, but we talk about the time of the Beis Amikdash and the time of Golus, we talk about there's a time when you can see godliness, you can love Hashem, because it's open, and it, you're not really serving Hashem because you have to, it's because you appreciate Hashem, and you know, it's like saying, um, if you want sometimes, you want your students to follow the rules, not because they're told to do so, because they're the student and you're the teacher, you're the parent, and they're the child. They have to listen to you because you're the authority, and they have to listen to the authority. But no, there's a time when, oh, we want to do all this because if Hashem asks us to do it, we're excited. There's a Lushen, there's an there's a, something we say, uh, when you talk about kingdom, there is something which is called Malchus, the kingdom. There's also called Memshola. Memshola is dominance. A king could sometimes be Malchusoy Beratsoin Kiblu Alehem. Sometimes we accept willingly Hashem's Malchus. In other words, it's not that it's forced upon us. It's not like we have to listen because otherwise we'll be punished or otherwise or we have to accept it. We're actually enjoying every moment. We have, we perceive and we appreciate and we feel lucky to be of service to Hashem because we realize that that's beautiful. We enjoy the words of Torah. We enjoy doing the mitzvahs. We enjoy connecting to Hashem. It's something that we're into because Berotzin, it's Malchusei Berotzin, it's a willingly accepting Malchusei. Sometimes there's a level, Umem Shaltecha, it's Hashem's dominance, which means we don't feel, we don't sense, it's not enjoyable, it's nothing, but yet we subjugate ourselves and we say, look, you are the king, you are dominant, you are the authority, and we subjugate ourselves. We do because you told us to do so. That's called the level of Kabbalah's oil. Accepting the yoke of Hashem and saying, whether we like it or not, whether the student understands it, the teacher, the principal tells you that's what you got to do, that you got to do. The child has to listen to the authority, the parents is in charge, and he has to listen. You don't understand now, maybe when you go older you have to understand. Why? Because that's what the authority tells you, and that's what you gotta listen. My father, uh, may he rest in peace, used to tell me that there was a rabbi from the old country, from Russia, who once came to the Rebbe. He was after the war. He came to. He was actually in Europe, in one of the countries in Europe, 
and he once came to the Rebbe for a visit and he was complaining to the Rebbe that the students now are not the same that they used to be back in the old country. He says in the old country, you know, you used to tell them that you have to do something, they'd listen to you. They'd, they'd follow the rules, they'd follow basically, accept it. But today, they challenge you, you know, they don't, they don't just, you know, just, they don't just do it because you told them to do so. They question you and they challenge you. And the Rebbe said, look, it's really a whole different mindset. In the olden days, back in Russia, where the person came from, you know, they taught the children from a young age that you got to fear authority. You know, if there was a policeman walking, if there was a, somebody, they were, that was in their conscience was that there is somebody there that you got to be afraid of. He says in the Western world, in the new culture, it's just the opposite. We tear down any authority and all authorities. We teach the children <laughs> that you have to question everybody, challenge them, don't accept anything. So the Rebbe says this is just the new sort of approach. But the Rebbe says still, you don't have to go overboard with it. In other words, yes, you know, you question, but you still need to have a little sense of of you know, listening to authority, but basically, but based back to the discussion over here, Hashem can also be either accepted because we just like it, enjoy it, appreciate it, or we can serve Hashem as we have to, like we say in the davening of Yom Kippur, or Rosh Hashanah, actually, we say, Im Kibonim, Im Kiavadim, whether like sons or like servants. In Kibonim, we serve God like children. Parents, children love their parents. So we serve Hashem because we're out of love. Or Kavodim, or like slaves, you know, we got to do because that's what the Master wants us to do. So it's not really up to us. We just got to listen and we got to do. So basically, we speak of that in the time of the Beis Hamikdosh, in the time of the Beis Hamikdosh, when there was a lot of light and there was a lot of enjoyment and there was a lot of realization. There was an appreciation of Hashem. The time of Golus, when there's exile over there, we don't have so much appreciation. Things are a little dark. And basically, even if we do learn a little bit, we do understand a little bit, but mostly we accept. We use our Amuna, we use our belief, we use our trust in Hashem, and we use our acceptance of Hashem. And even if it's times that we don't understand how come God does this and why does this happening and all these things, and yet we're a stubborn nation, we accept Hashem in a way of subjugation to Hashem. When we talk about the level of Avraham, the level of love, that's always about the person who loves. It's always the person. It's something that is good for me. And it's still a person there. It's all about him. And therefore, where there is love, there can also be the opposition of love. There can be loving other things, you know, just like you can love God. And there's always a balance. There's always a battle going on between the good and the evil. When we talk about love, you can love Hashem, but there can also be the counter of loving strange things. The same thing would apply to the level of Gevurah, of stringency and strictness. 
Strictness represents the level of subjugation. The level of non, you're judging yourself in a very strict level and you are devoted because this is what you have to do. Uh, the second base amigdosh, relative to the first base amigdosh, was also lacking a lot of the beautiful, special miracles and the special uh, things that were in the first base amigdosh. They weren't there in the second base amigdosh. Matter of fact, the Jewish people weren't really free. They were still under the rule of the nations, the world. So it was more also like a service to Hashem out of uh, subjugation, out of fear, Yerashamayim, out of fear of heaven, awe of heaven, accepting the heaven. Fear, strictness can have also the counterpart to it. Uh, stringency, which can have the counterpart, which can be you know, sometimes anger, hatred, those are the opposite of fear of Hashem. There can be that emotional feeling can be in the opposite also. So too much stringency and strictness can have an opposite effect. From strictness, you can get also an Esau. You can get from Chesed, you can get a Yishmael, from just gavura strictness, you can get a Yishmael, you can get an Esav, you can get the other side. Um, the first and second base Amigdosh represented didn't last because if it was only love, which means it's only your feeling, that didn't have a permanence. The gavura that didn't have a permanence. Yeah, what were you going to say? But the level of Yaakov is the third base Amigdosh, as we're going to explain. Yeah, go ahead. Couple of things, like you were saying, if all you give is love without that balance, and the child can do anything. Right. And Aesop was Isaac's favorite, and may not have given him boundaries. Okay. And, uh, Isaac was uh, was the strictness. He was more Abraham was that like just abundance of love. And Isaac just had with the nature of being extremely strict and rule bound, right? Like, but um, either way, either way, they were two extremes. One was an overabundance of love; the other one was the other of strictness. And they both had sons who. And the other thing I was thinking of during first temple time, when you talked about how Jews were filled with love, there were some Jews that practiced idol worship during the time of the Prophets, which was First Temple time. That was basically after, we're talking about the, the very beginning of the, then it was, uh, um, I, I understand, but they, they went, we're talking about in the, in the glory, the time of the Beis Amigdash, when Shlomo HaMelech, when it was yeah. first built, yeah. with David HaMelech, yeah, of course, then later on, unfortunately, but that could have to do with the Chesed as well, that means it didn't last, I mean, it didn't, Till the destruction, it didn't last either. But we're talking the days of glory when it was all beautiful yes. in that time. Yeah. Yes. So in other words, there was a destruction before the destruction. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There was already, you know, even beforehand, it was that. But um, um, the Rebbe connects this. Go ahead. Do you think, just building on what you're saying, Genesis, do you think that that um, Yitz, Yitzhak, who was so Kavoradika, 
identify with uh, um, Esau because he was also kind of Gavordika and he kind of saw that in himself and he kind of liked that quality of himself, whereas maybe Yaakov was a little bit more Hasidi. Well, they said that at the end, though, of his of um, after the deception, that um, it, it it strengthened Yaakov's resolve and became he made kind of tougher <laughs> and got more Gavordika because his mother knew that if he didn't, he was going to get Levon was going to wipe the floor with him. And so it was, because she kind of probably had a sense of real Kakoda, he was going to be going into a more challenging future, and that if he didn't have a little bit of a backbone, some Gavora, he was not going to make it, nor was he going to be able to lead the Jewish people for, for you know, yeah. five months. Um, actually, so Yaakov having both, which, which Rebbe associates mm -hmm. also with the two names that we call Yerushalayim. Mm -hmm. Of course, we call it Yerushalayim. And we also call it Zion, Tzion. Seems like just names Tzion and Yerushalayim. The word Yerushalayim is actually translated, our sages said, Yerushalayim is basically made up of two words. Yira, Shalom, which means complete fear of Hashem. Yeru Shalom. Yeru Shalom. That means complete, wholesome fear of Hashem. Yeru Shalom. Tzion, what is Tzion? Tzion means a marker. Tzion means a marker. Which means, in our service to Hashem, when we reach a real level of greatness, our fear of Hashem becomes wholesome. That means Yerushalayim. But when we start out, we start out with just being a marker, which means just a sign, a tzion. We are just like a marker for something else. Like you have... We are maybe not at that level yet. Uh, we're just sort of symbolic of something. Like we like to say, you know, if you're a chassid, uh, so you're a tzion for what the Rebbe stood for. So you're just, maybe you're not yourself at the level. You don't have that wholesome. The Rebbe was Yerushalayim. He had the full Yira. But you're only a tzion. You're only a sign. You're only a, a marker. You're sort of corresponding. You're reminding of it. or You're representing it. So, uh, the two levels of Zion and Yerushalayim represent stages in one's perfection and stages in Yerushalayim. Zion, a marker, means you're not there yet. You're working your way up there. And Yerushalayim means you're actually there already, that you are complete. You've reached the level. So, see uh, Yerushalayim would really represent more the level or like we're talking about like Yitzchak. Why? Because Yitzchak, as we spoke last time, mentioned here, was more refinement of the person. It was the person's uh, refinement and living like the digging of the wells or and in, in essence it is uh, a level in which you put yourself away for Hashem.
Whereas, uh, you, in other words, you, ra- you, you, you earned greatness. You are become a, uh, a great person. You're a shalayim. Where Tzion uh, is only starting out. What the Rebbe says over here is that in the future by Yaakov, Yaakov will have the level of truth, which means he will have both Tzion and Yerushalayim. When it says, by the third base Hamigdash, we'll have both aspects. We'll have Tzion and Yerushalayim, which means that the nations of the world, our job is, is to impact the world, to have the world become a better place. They should look up, especially when the time will come, when Mashiach will come, the Jewish people will be the light unto the nations. So the nations will look up to us. Uh, they will see the house of Yaakov. Uh, the house of Yaakov, meaning in this context, they will see truth and they will see wholesomeness. People become impacted when they see the truth. Which means, if a person only follows and does one direction, only one thing, then maybe you're following it because that is something that you're comfortable with. So it doesn't mean, it doesn't show that you are wholesome and that you're dedicated, that you're full. But when you have both of these, like Yaakov, he has Avram and Yitzchak, you have Tzion and Yerushalayim, that level of truth is something which impacts everybody. So all the nations of the world, they will come and they will see or they will see in, in, in Judaism, they're not going to see just one measure of chesed, or not one measure of gevura, one measure of tzion, and one measure of Yerushalayim, but they will see mitzion and Yerushalayim. I would say, I mean, the Rebbe has very a lot of details here, I mean, a little, you know, just a lot, a lot of details here, and how the Rebbe ties it all together, and it's just just enormous, you know, and um, still needs, you know, to uh, think it through and, you know, put it all together, but you see, in, in, in Halacha, there is, there is the study of Torah, and then there is the Halacha. Any part of Torah that we study is Torah. So let's say there is a discussion in Torah. Let's say Torah. Let's say we find the discussion in the Talmud. Okay? Or let's say we find in the Talmud different opinions. But it doesn't mean that that's the Halacha. That means it could be Torah, but it's not the Halacha. Halacha is only one opinion. Which means that there is a certain level which there could be a level of discussion. But that's Torah, that's true. But the real truth is halacha. So the way we rule the halacha, that becomes the real truth. So from Tzion, 
the first level there could be Torah. All Torah. All Torah that you study. If we study Torah over here, and we come up with an idea, we come up with a suggestion, hopefully it's Torah. So it's, it's a discussion. It's learning. We're learning. It's, we're in the process of learning. Like we say that if, if, if anything you learn, like when you say a bracha for the study of Torah, even if you don't learn halacha, you just learn the discussion. You try to interpret the parsha. you want to give an idea, that's called Torah. You don't need to be at the highest level. Kimitzion teitzei Torah. Tzion, when you start, you can get Torah. Torah you can get. But Dvar Hashem, God's words, which is halacha, that's Yerushalayim. For that you need to be Yerushalayim. Mm-hmm. You need to be complete Yira, Shleimus Yira, that's when you can that's when you can give halacha. A lot of times people ask you, how come these rabbis can rule halachas? Why can we change the halacha? Why is the Talmud the end? Why don't we have? Because Yerushalayim, they were Yerushalayim. They had the complete level of, 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 of Yerush Hashem. And because of that, they merited not just Torah. They merited Dvar Hashem. They buried the word of God. Uh, it also fits in with the languages, the double language over there, which we're also trying to impress on the nations of the world. First of all, that they should study. Kimitsion Teitzi Torah. They should study Torah. Which Torah? Which is the seven Noachad laws. There's a lot of Torah to study about their laws. And the second thing is they should follow their laws. So there's one to study the laws and then there's to follow the laws. And when you actually see in the verse it says there's two things. Let him teach us from his ways. That would be the instruction. That would be Torah. But we should actually follow the path. Just like it'll come Torah so it's actually the Rebbe learns it's key because meaning what is the reason why the nations of the world will follow and want to go up to the house because it's going to be the base Yaakov it's going to be Yaakov's home it's going to be a home which they'll recognize that it's a permanence that it's permeated with all with the truth with chesed with gvura. And they all say, okay, let's go and let's get both levels. Let's get the level of Torah and the level of Tvar Hashem. We're going to follow, it fits, it fits in pretty well in the words, as well as by Sivchas Torah, by Akafos. Yeah. You first needed Zion. You can't get to the stage of Yerushalayim unless you're first Zion. Can you say that? Can you not come sure. to level two without level one? Sure. Sure. You have to go. You have. That's right. You build it up. One builds on the other thing. But that's Zion and Yerushalayim. Yeah, go ahead. Is Zion um, equated with uh, Chesed and Yerushalayim equated with Gevorah? Or yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. So the study of Torah is more on the Chesed level, and the study of Halakha is more on the Gevorah level. That makes it's sense. A regular refinement. story, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or refinement, or... Uh, sort of a deeper level, like it's brought out um, 
that in order to rule the halacha, one has to have an exceptional level of Yerushalayim. He has to really, it's brought out, for a person to rule a halacha, he has to know that he has to answer to Hashem. It, because he has to have real Yerush Hashem. Without that, it's okay to give a nice drusha, to give a nice pshat, to give a nice teaching, a learning. But when you're going to rule for somebody what they have to do, you have to actually fear God and make sure that what you're doing is right because you're actually instructing people what they should do. And you don't want to teach people or tell them. So if you are going to make a mistake in your interpretation, but nothing, you haven't caused anybody to do anything wrong, but if you tell them a wrong halacha, then you're actually... So that's why that is connected mm-hmm. to the idea of Yerushalayim. Come saying, the Rebbe brings in a lot, a lot of pieces over here. Mm-hmm. It's a long sicha, it's a complicated uh, talk of here. I'm not sure why I chose this one today, but that's when it's over. But you know why? I want to. You know, eh? Because because we now are living in a time of Kislev where everything is very dark mm-hmm. and very hidden and very cold. Mm-hmm. And in order to really get where we have to get to Yerushalayim, we have to refine, we have to work things through, we have to bring in that light. And that doesn't come easy, of course, once you put in the light, but we first have to make our way through and, and push it away. Now, it doesn't, we just have to push it away with light, but we have to get there, we have to refine ourselves. We, mm-hmm. I feel like the, the darkness is really impacting on our heart and on our feelings. So true. I heard this um, share that you know they send out you know these like little two minute things, and this woman was saying that um, that that um, um, Rabbi Yemima Mizraki made this suggestion that from the first day of Kislev, which was what two two days ago or something, Sunday, yes. Sunday till the last day of Hanukkah, we're not going to complain once about anything. And then because if we don't complain, it'll be what you're saying, which is that we will then merit the light instead of the darkness. But that we have to actually force ourselves for the for the next three weeks to not to refine make, ourselves. Exactly, this is what you're saying. But I I find this also that it coincides. You know, this whole idea is like I mentioned before. I was just at very short, but I was just attended the international conference of the shluchim in New York, and I see like all the shluchim were actually these all these signs, these sions, uh, were all, you know, talking about our Rebbe, you know, talking about the Rebbe, that, you know, the Rebbe is sort of, to us, at the level of Yerushalayim, and we were all like signs for him, because, uh, you know, you, a lot of times, you know, people say a lot of nice things, and they, People talk nice things, or people can say things, but there's one thing to say, and then there's one thing to live by what you say, you know. You know, talk the talk and walk the walk, you know. There's one thing is to walk the walk, you know. A lot of times we have great ideas, and even sometimes great inspiration, but then the question becomes, what do you do? I mean, what do you do in actuality? In other words, is this Yerushalayim, or are you just... The talking is only a sign of what needs to be, but what actually happens. And um, when you get together to such a conference over there, there were about 5,000 shluchim over there, 
and you see literally people living in all corners of the world and they're not in comfortable places and not in easy places and you see that they're actually doing it on a day-to-day basis it's not like uh, they did it one time they moved to areas uh, ladies are moving to Uganda they're moving so you can imagine okay so we made a big applause uh, at the kinos of the shluchim you're moving to Uganda but then you got a real young couple a man with a wife with his children in Uganda and go find a yid over there and go live your life over there mm-hmm. and dedicate and so on and so forth thousands not saying that everybody has that same challenge mm-hmm. but yet you're a part of such a uh, beautiful uh, group that mm-hmm. represents you know what Yiddishkeit is, is, is today that keeps up Yiddishkeit all over the world and you know, sometimes, you know, you see, and I don't mean to knock any other groups that are doing outreach works, but sometimes you find people will only go if there's kosher food over there, or if they have good education for their children, or as long as they can make a living over there, or as long. But these shluchim give up everything, you know, they give up everything, basically. And these are all seeing they're all markers and telling us about about our Rebbe, you know, that the Rebbe built and inspired and he had uh, the vision and the uh, Hashem sent the Rebbe to I guess to save the um, the Jewish I wanna I wanna share with you a thought that just came to my to my mind. Um, uh, you know, today we have like audio and videos. We have a lot of things. You know, you can watch. You know, a lot of videos. And uh, but you can see how technology today is what saves our generations. That keeps us connected with the Rebbe, notwithstanding the fact that it's more than twenty years since the Rebbe is physically not here. Can you imagine if we had videos of the previous Rebbe, like we had the Rebbe, or we had from the Alter Rebbe, we had the Alter Rebbe's videos today to see? Why wasn't there videos then? Why was it just now? So you see that the Eivishter, it's Hashem's plan for our generation. He sent us the Rebbe after the Holocaust to help our generation, and... The Rebbe continues to help us. Maybe uh, all the technology that was created is was to keep the Rebbe's message and the Rebbe's life and everything through visualization, actually the audiovisual. Otherwise, it would be very difficult to say that you know more than twenty years later, you know that you should still live when you look at the room over there and you see the energy, you see the love. You see the Kieran. One uh, person got up there and told the story, which actually I saw before. But what he said was, he said a story that somebody needed help. They didn't even know him. But you know what? Chabad Shliach in some presenting place helped a family like that. But he said, you know what? Every Chabad Shliach would do the same thing. Mm 
So, you know, what happened? They told one story, and there's a million stories like that, what they did. So you see, we are all here signs. Little Tzion. Kimitzion Teitzei Torah. So, you know, we have the... But the Dvar Hashem, who has the word of Hashem, that's Yerushalayim, that comes. That was the Rebbe's, you know, message, the Rebbe's teaching. That was the Dvar Hashem. And that comes from Yerushalayim. And... That is going to bring us the base Yaakov, the home of Yaakov, of the third base Amigdash that we're waiting. You know, how do we hold on? But we have to hold on. You know, I mean, uh, people say we've waited so long, and we've been our hopes have been shattered. We've anticipated and we were expecting. And how long can this last like this? I mean, we can. Then, but this is our challenge for these days. You know, there is. You know, when they ask me the question, I have no rational answer. But I know Hashem Yerushalayim that the this is the word of Hashem, and that's our subjugation for acceptance of Hashem. And hopefully that we'll actually see with our eyes that all the nations will come and to the mountain of Hashem and we'll give the instructions and the teaching of the of, of Mashiach, and we hope that this happens, you know, in our mm-hmm. lifetime. And uh, I just wanted to say this one line: there is a Chabad Shaliach in Hebron who spoke. Uh, actually, he didn't speak, but he, um, he had a video of him. They had uh, his presentation through a video. He spoke on the video. He spoke and. Um, and he said that um, when he was in the army, in the Israeli army, he says, and, you know, they had their goals, you know, to to become, you know, a a soldier and to uh, reach at a certain level. He says one time he says, you know, they were like in in the desert somewhere and they were tired. They couldn't even move anymore after the running and walking and doing. They were just, you know, they were just totally spent. And out of nowhere, he says, pulls in a Chabad van over there, what a turn, with latkes and suganayot, and it was, uh, and with music. And you know, he says, we don't know where, but we're all dancing and we're all singing and we're all, he said, where do we get the energy? We were like finished. And, and he says, you know what? I thought to myself then, he says, when I graduate, you know, and finish the army over here, he says, I want to join the other army. Aww. He says, I want to join this army over there. Aww. And today he's uh, very successful. Shaliach, uh, and he says, but basically what he says, what is it? He doesn't talk, try to necessarily uh, give them only Yiddishkeit. He gives them his heart. He gives them menschlichkeit. He mm-hmm. shares with them. He brings them the drink. He brings them the food. He brings them care. He brings them love. He brings them... And he says that's worth tremendous, tremendous, tremendous amount for them. So these are all the tzions out there. All the signs, the markers all over. And uh, we hope that, you know, we will see very speedily the mm-hmm. markers will bring about the base Hamikdash. There will be enough signs, enough tzion. Mm-hmm. There will be the Dvar Hashem and we will actually be literally 
from Tzini Yerushalayim, with the coming of Mashiach and the building of Beis